0: what's good y'all welcome back to the Verdependent podcast where we depend on the verde and black for our everyday vibes today we talk johan romagna's full sale the Yereme Biru signing micah burton's homegrown contract <laughs> and <laughs> are so excited it, we are so excited to welcome a special guest to the podcast jackie yes. gutierrez founder of women kickballs an nwsl and u.s women's national team focused publication and then we'll close this whole thing out with a special women's footy themed stoppage time. I'm Logan Bartlett aka Lobar. I'm Logan Jones aka Lojo. What's everyone? This is Paul aka Low Paul and we're goofing y'all. Hold on. I got to stop me I'm, laughing. I'm sorry to laugh. <laughs> I'm just
1: I'm just glad I'm not the one who had to had to pronounce that. I'm I'm sorry. Oh my god. I shouldn't I laugh.
0: I'm sorry it's okay very difficult i'm doing, I'm doing my best alfie, i'm bro. proud of you
1: <laughs> reading's hard bro re- re- reading you're laughing i thought
0: you're laughing. You laughing at me and paul's fucking owen wolf cuts dude
1: well yeah but i got my laughs out about those earlier today so you know this true. is this is a new fresh laugh just kidding it's yours
2: true. is the owen uh owen wolf i'm going alfie gilchrist here
1: yeah that. but i, I didn't
0: get that. the fade i didn't get that skin fade bro i had to pay extra for that
1: oh yeah you're right <laughs> oh, the
0: nerve we're both alfie bro paul That's and i it. got some fucking shaved heads up in this restarting on the dome, baby. Yes, sir. Paul's gonna grow it out all the way. He told me. And I'm not ready Onto to humble backs.
1: I'm not ready to humble myself with a shaved <laughs> <laughs> head yet. So
0: oh now no, we're good, brother. We're good. Let couple, the hymns do work, G. you got couple, you got that subscription. A couple more yeah. months and
1: then we might we might be in business. I don't know. There
0: you go. Oh, yeah, right. It's looking good. It's looking good. <laughs> all right, all it's right. It's looking right. really good. Let's get focused, y'all. All right, we're gonna start with the uh the Romania sale. So Austin FC is officially free of Johan Romagna's contract as he has been transferred to Argentina, San Lorenzo for $750,000. Um, mm. as, as mentioned by uh, at Tim O. Thompson on Twitter, with the sale, Austin FC is also officially free of agent Diago Cerati, um, who managed Sessi and Rodney Redes, as well as Johan Romagna. Boys, rate this sale 1 through 10. Lojo.
1: I mean, I'm giving this like a 9 probably. Because you know you, we get rid of we get the 750, but then we also get Johan Romania's was it 420, thousand dollars a yeah. year, uh, yeah. salary off the books as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, not going to get too far ahead, but we put that to use. I think here a little bit, you know, moments later. Yeah,
0: yeah sir. Is, I'm
2: Lojo. You know, I'm really surprised you didn't go with an 11G. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> you know um i yeah i mean i'm with, i'm with you there man it's it's definitely on the higher side of uh what we're looking for you know in terms of good business and so um the exciting thing about that is what is that 75% of the uh 750 gets converted to gam um and so that earned no 95 percent, i think and then only five percent goes to the league so yep. that's gonna be like tight that. man that's gonna be good money for us we are
0: gammed up baby straight up bro gammed, gammed up. up gammed up and, and romagna already had gotten a green card so he wasn't taking up an international spot um mm-hmm. but i mean great business regardless a guy that we've been paying to not play for us for over a year exactly no Exactly. Um, crazy, crazy. Yeah, th- this is like one of the first sales is it not is it the first sale oh um, I can't remember before like yesterday, to be honest. So, um, we might have to do some homework on that. G. I know it's one of the first sales for money, though, of a player that we had right. signed. I Definitely. can't even think of who else would be another one. Definitely. Well, I mean, we're missing somebody, man. Yeah. Like, we're missing Did Gabrielson, somebody. make us money. It doesn't matter. No,
1: we, we do right. right. See, the, the thing is, we've rate. been do right FC, man. We've either get let these guys go out on loan till their contracts went out, i.e., Pochettino, uh, or we, we we terminate contracts or whatever we did yeah, with buyouts whatever gabrielson so i think a lot of the guys that have left it's pretty much just been like free agents
0: yeah um uh, it doesn't matter either yeah. way great business from roto to come in and make what well i guess diego was a trade but you know whatever make good money off diego make good money off nick lima uh make good money off of now romagna out of the league um we're really stacking up the the coffers here in austin right now for a for some some splashes and speaking of mm-hmm. splashes, let's just get to it. Green smoke, green smoke. Al verde, o primero de enero. Woo. We have our first signing of the year in Brazilian left back Guilherme Biru, who joins us from Brazilian Serie B team Mirasol. Uh, he recorded two goals, three assists, forty-five clearances, forty-two interceptions, and twenty-one tackles, one and twenty-nine league appearances, helping Mirasol concede the second fewest goals in Serie B and just barely miss propo- promotion into the the top flight. Uh, before joining Mirasol, Guillerme played three seasons with Coritiba Football Club, playing 19 games in Serie A and helping the squad gain promotion back into the top flight in 2021. Uh, Bidu has signed a three-year guarantee contract with Austin FC through 2026 with a team option through for 2027. Uh, Guillerme, benvindo Austin. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on the signing boys? Paul, I'll start with you this time.
2: Yeah, man. I think... Um... I think we're gonna start seeing some of these connections uh, that Roto has kind of, you know, via the city group that he was a part of. And it's gonna be really interesting to see um, him pick up players that are gonna have a good bit of versatility. So like what I'm seeing with uh, Guillermo already is that like, you know, for a 6-2 uh, left back, that, that tells me that one, you know, he's gonna have a good presence in the backfield. Also streaking down that, that left wing, if, if we're playing in that style, you know, that, that Wolf wants from the, the fullbacks, but also in a three back situation, you know, where he can still be imposing enough as, as part of like the left center back role, um, you know, that that's a value signing right there, in my opinion. And I think at 23 years old, you know, uh we're 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 steering clear from 30 plus year olds uh yep. you know at, at, yep. at uh, the defensive position so that's good uh seems to have some speed on him but
0: yeah uh, yeah he's 23 yeah, if i'm not mistaken I think twenty four exactly. this year so yeah good, Heck yeah man lojo good young young team talent, team.
1: man you know i i think A lot with what you said, Paul, is very true. Uh, I watched a little highlight tape on him today. So naturally, I know everything I need to know about this guy. Um, My man. Right. Uh, (laughs) I watched one highlight tape. I I know it all. But no, I mean, from, from... Watching a highlight tape, usually what I do is I try to take away like the overall theme of it. And the overall theme I got from this highlight tape is his ability to get up the field, as what you mentioned. Uh, you know, play sure. a, a wing back position, uh, yeah. get up into an attacking position, play the ball in, and he's also very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Uh, for someone where you know that was Gallagher's job last season is be the guy that can take the ball up. He obviously as a midfielder converted left uh, wing back. Mm -hmm. He was very strong, but this guy just definitely does have a little bit of the added um, ability on the defensive end and height that Gallagher, obviously, you know, you can't train height, you can't teach it. But for sure. He just doesn't have it, uh. Sure. So he just has that little extra bit to him. So I'd love to see how this translates to uh, Austin FC's pitch and how you know I could definitely see how we're going to use him. And I'd love to see honestly, I'd love for this move to get Gallagher up on the wing, mm-hmm. or you know, and mm-hmm. then they just have a really strong connection with each other. I, I think that yeah, would be yeah. super awesome to see. For you sure. think
2: you think that more realistically versus like maybe gally switching to the right? You think?
1: I mean, those are one of the two options I see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely, I agree. And, and I think it just depends on how strong Colemanich comes back, and or how many other True. signings we make. You know, True. is Colemanich really fully fit to come back at the beginning of the season? Uh, you know, that's tough to say right now. I mean, we haven't seen the guys in, in practically a year at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so maybe John, you know, Galley starts the season over at right back. And with the uh, integration of Jean back in, we might see him playing that left back. Or, you know, if we just truly believe that Gallagher is a better wing back, you know, he stays there. So I, yeah. I don't know; it's tough to say.
0: Yeah, I agree fun on that. Problems. It's yeah, definitely it's fun good problems.
1: problems. It's it's great yeah. problems.
0: I've seen some interesting speculation in the uh, in the LDR chat of you know potentially if we rock the three back system and then we move our wing backs up more as kind of midfielders could could uh Biru play maybe as like the left center back in that back three and or play full on the wing back if did, we did the mm-hmm. wing back r- route then him on the left galley on the right galley is essentially a midfielder at that point in terms of our, of the offensive tactics yeah. um with with the, maybe a little bit less defensive responsibility there so either way I think I think he challenges for a starting spot on this team Budu does mm-hmm. and uh they can move galley anywhere on the field that's the the benefit of having a Absolutely. a utility player like that who can play. It adds depth
1: to several different positions. It adds depth to your winger midfielder positions. It adds depth mm-hmm. to your fullback positions there because now you create, you make Gallagher this, um, movable fluid
0: pawn. Exactly. Bingo. Exactly, man. And so just
1: an off
2: the, sorry, please, please. Off please. the top, uh, question. Do you think this is another one of those like hot air signings where like, this is, a. Uh, this is one of those like floor raisers, uh, in terms of signings that like brings that overall level up a little bit more. Or you think it's just kind yeah. of like
0: a like you were saying, LoJo, a little bit more just depth related, but I I think it's a little bit of a little bit of both, right? So I think day one he's an immediate floor raiser. Uh, even even if he stays at status quo, he's twenty three. The dude right. has still has potential. He's still making his way toward his prime. So I think at minimum he's a floor raiser with the the prospect of by the end of his contract to be like a a legitimate plus positive piece on a on a contending team just with his oh, yeah. age and his skill already. Lojo, do you have anything to add there?
1: No, absolutely. You're spot on.
0: It's exciting, man. I mean, we we were just you know, clawing for any sign of smoke, any signing and we finally got it and the guy comes from the second division of Brazil, right? I mean, if anybody tuned into we are Austin TV uh, Twitter space Tuesday night. Um, we had football critic join us and, and he has some, some good knowledge of all Golmable, but you know, the Brazilian league as well. Um, he was, he was, he was talking and supporting the Brazilian Serie B and saying mm-hmm. that it's a really competitive league. It's, it's better than many of yeah. the top flight leagues across South America. It's just below Brazil. And according to Opta rankings, the Brazilian top flight league is the 10th ranked league in the world. um and if you just take the top 10 teams from all the leagues in the world they're ranked nine um so this dude's played in and out of one of the top leagues in the world sedia b he was on a contending team for for promotion multiple years in a row um how do you think he fits into the mls given all of that you know given the skill that he's shown and, and how brazilian leagues stack up against others
1: I mean, I think there's always an adjustment to the MLS just because it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's a different style of play. It's very different than the Brazilian. But coming from South America and where I think we're get, trying to get a lot of our younger players, you know, linking up with Johan, uh, Rom, uh, Valencia, Sebastian, uh, I think he'll have some familiar faces and probably a familiar style of play in that South American type. Uh, yeah. Now, Brazilians play a little bit different. They're very eccentric players. I mean, you can think about. And history of some of these guys and uh you know they're sure. very out there uh but it's there's going to be an adjustment period i just don't know if it's going to be too hard with the pieces that we have and what we could potentially still get
0: yeah it's true and, and paul going back to a point you made earlier um rotos connection obviously through the city group and, and how um you know that that group has historically signed a bunch of brazilian talent over the years i do want to give right. credit to logan Alcoin. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. He, he shared that tidbit in the LDR chat. So one of the other Logan's pitching in and we're happy to, to share that, that finding there. Um, Logan's are massive, dude. For real though. mass. There, there are many of us and we are mighty. Uh, let's move on to another exciting signing. Uh, we didn't get any smoke for this one today being the day of recording, but Micah Burton, who many of our listeners are familiar with, um, he has signed a multi-year homegrown contract with the first team. Uh, Joining just Owen Wolf and Damian Loss as homegrown's for this club, Uh, Micah will be the first Austin player to join the first team, starting at the academy level. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. also, if I'm not mistaken, the first player to be signed to the first team after coming from an MLS Next Pro contract. So he wasn't on the first team last year. He was technically on the second team contract. Second team, yeah, yeah. So he's the first for both. Shout out to that dude. He, it, it's it's crazy to see pictures of him now and just think like the last photo I have a reference of was easily six months ago where he looked like a small kid. And now <laughs> right. he's like a dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be 18 this year. It's crazy.
2: Young dude finna eat.
0: So no, that's awesome. In y'all's opinion, do you think Micah is like the true, the, the first true, quote unquote, true homegrown player in Austin FC history, uh, given his journey?
1: At this point, he is the closest thing we have uh, now he spent a lot of his time I believe in Minnesota yeah mm-hmm. yeah Minnesota. Right. and it wasn't until you know the foundation of Austin's academies that he came over but I mean <laughs> Owen Wolf is on paper right on yeah. Pa- yeah and so is loss I mean yeah. yeah this guy was in Europe before he came here and exactly. we quote we we bought his homegrown rights so it's right. te- technicalities are a thing here uh, uh but yeah I mean I guess you know from Academy to next Pro to First team, uh, definitely.
0: Baxman, Paul, uh, what do you what do you think the likelihood is that Micah gets significant minutes off the bench with the first team?
2: I would say in terms of minutes for the first team, we see that likelihood go up with this contract. Um, you know, compared to last year, obviously, you know. A lot of last year with the second team, it was all about development and just giving him a chance to really play with the with the second team. Um, You know, he got some call ups with the U.S. uh youth national team there. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think I think we're not. I think the total number of minutes that we're going to see, it's got to be under like. I don't know, guys, what do you all think?
0: Three uh- hundred. Yeah, people were comparing minutes. him his minutes to CJ Fodrie's last year, and I think he okay. had like maybe two hundred. Right,
2: and and that mean. was including just the second half, really, because like he didn't really start seeing first time minutes. Uh, CJ CJ, for that matter, right. didn't start until like the second half, at least, or even like that yeah, final
0: third he of was the season. Spending so. a majority of his time on, with the second team.
2: Yeah, but I mean, hey, if if he can start getting those those uh, appearances every now and then, I mean, hopefully it adds up, but. I don't know
0: yeah yeah i agree I, I think the likelihood is that he'll probably be loaned out to the second team on and off throughout the year sure um just to get minutes at minimum because mm-hmm. the more he just sits there the less you know time he's getting on the field so um we've talked about this a little bit left and right but now that it's actually happened and a guy's come up from fc2 who do you all think is next up from the next pro championship team just like one name top of your head realistically who's another guy that could be like a homegrown is Uh, Paul, I'll start with you for now.
2: You know, just before the signing of uh, Guillermo Biro, I was actually thinking Chuck Ture, Mm -hmm. um, because there was a little bit of speculation, right, with that whole Instagram post of him on a plane. Uh, But, you know, I love how we read into things like that. But all that to be said, it it looked like he was already getting some minutes with the first team, training at least. Uh, I know he didn't actually get any proper minutes um league minutes for that for that matter but I think he would be one I really liked last uh episode where y'all were talking about Joe Hafferty uh sure. and Sal Montzafero you know yeah. I think we agree that Sal is is definitely going to be one of those yeah. on the come up but
0: Mojo's nodding over there do you, you think yeah one I, I
2: give abouts...
1: an vote to those last two names Joe and Sal and those are probably I I was about to say I think we kind of spoke on this recently and yeah those two are definitely names that I think of
0: true mm-hmm. Well, looking at another national team friend of Micah Burton's, not the U.S. national team, but the Uganda national team, uh, Bobo C. Biarwanga, he has gotten minutes with the the Uganda national team, like the top mm-hmm. team. So he could be a guy the team's looking at as well as a potential. Like, give him a first team contract, let him play more minutes in the second team, and and see if his potential and his international play continue his development. So sure. that, that's a name as well that that I've that I've seen thrown around, but. That's enough Austin FC talk. We finally got news, boys, so it's exciting to talk about. But we'll get more news to come. We have like yep. eight more roster spots to fill, so more on that next week. But up ahead, we have our interview with Jackie Gutierrez of Women Kickballs. We're really excited to show you all this one, so yeah. stick around. It's gonna be a good one, uh, and and enjoy. All right, we're back and we're excited to be joined by Jackie Gutierrez of Women Kick Balls. So Jackie is the founder of Women Kick Balls, an independent, one woman run multimedia company. Gutierrez has over nine years of experience covering the National Women's Soccer League and the U.S. Women's National Team. Through her coverage and content, she strives to provide accessibility with free articles matched with quality information for soccer fans at all levels. Additionally, she provides freelance marketing, content production, and public relations services to soccer organizations, athletes, and fellow content creators, and is also a contributing writer to Forbes.com. In 2022, Gutierrez published her first magazine on the growth of the NWSL in Southern California, which also marked the first magazine published on Angel City FC and San Diego Wave FC. In 2023, she followed that up with a second volume that primarily covered the NWSL players that participated in the FIFA 2023 Women's World Cup. So, Jackie, welcome to the podcast. We're excited thanks. to have you. How are you?
3: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. As you're reading that, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that one thing or wow, it feels like it's been forever <laughs> since I did that thing. So totally. going She's down memory lane over here. Been yeah. busy. Even in the off season, it's crazy. Right? So yeah, it's super fun though. But appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, so to start, you know, we hope you had a good new year, a good holiday, and we're back in the grind of it. It doesn't stop. Um But can you share with our listeners a little bit about your soccer fandom journey and how you ended up where you are today?
3: Yeah, so I actually grew up playing soccer for like 10 years. I know a lot of people always ask me that. And um, it was like a thing, though, where my whole family was literally involved in my soccer journey. So like my brother was my coach. My parents came to like every practice, every game. Uh, We were all about the orange slices and the easy ups and, you Mm -hmm. know, carpooling so it was just a thing in my family and I because I played for so long um, I played at a really just like competitive level um, here in my hometown Reno Valley we would travel uh, I'm from Southern California so it was so cool getting to like be a teenager and going to like Las Vegas for the weekend or whatever like for a tournament and so just seeing the way that soccer brought people together was something that fascinated me Um, having basically like an extended soccer family with you know my friends and their parents or whatever, like just yeah. seeing that community aspect drew me in. And so I actually didn't start watching like the Osun's national team until 2011. My dad got me into soccer because he's like always about the world cups when they come on like every year, but specifically the women, he was like, you got to watch this. This is so crazy. So he was telling me like who Hope Solo and Alex Morgan, Abby Wambach were. And I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? And so I watched my first game, which was, the 2011 women's world cup final game and as all you know the us lost to japan in world cups it was so tragic right. and even seeing that loss though it really inspired me because i grew up being a very creative like outgoing kid i wanted to be a writer and at 17 i wanted to be a sports journalist specifically for soccer and so i just thought like whoa seeing these women like it motivated me and so yeah, I was just hooked. And from a young age, just started writing my uncle Joe, who I always talk about, um, really pushed me to do that because at 17, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think I have potential and all this stuff. And so having an uncle Joe who was like, no, I think you should get experience was like, okay, let's do it. And so I just figured it out. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of like, this like Notes version of how things started which was crazy yeah. but woman kick balls kind of came later on and so um yeah I've been covering women's soccer now for gosh like nine years and I feel like every year I'm like oh this is so great but then the next year it gets better and better so I'm just like so excited to see the growth of the league as a whole and getting to talk to people like you guys about it and just others um it blows me away because it's like oh we all get to come together and talk about and share this like mutual experience and just passion for the game and and that's what it's about for sure Yep,
0: yeah, couldn't say better awesome well
1: jackie i think it's awesome how you're this kind of swiss army knife of soccer coverage uh specifically with the nwsl and the u.s women's national team uh having covered the nwsl for a while now uh, have you seen a number of expansion teams getting started across the country um i would say that we're curious, and I'm sure our viewers and listeners are as well. Uh, what does it take to bring an NWSL team to Austin, Texas? In your mind,
3: ooh, Austin, Texas, let's go. Getting very specific here. Um, <laughs> ooh, love it. Um, no, honestly, I, I think seeing the expansion of the NWSL is so exciting. But I don't know. I don't know how that starts. Like with, for example, LA. Um, seeing Angel City and how they came about. I actually knew like some of the people who initially started that whole initiative to bring a, bring NWCLA to, or bring Cell to LA sign and yeah. just at a LA galaxy game or whatever it was, or LAFC. And so just seeing that, seeing people show up. Um, so I don't have the specific, I guess, answer to that question, but I do think that just by using your voice, talking about it, go to other Cell games and maybe make a sign. I don't know because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, that's not, you know, um, it's not putting the league down. It's growing it like the more numbers we can have, the more players and more people and fans involved, like the only, you can only go up from there really. So um, I think if people just keep vocalizing that and showing up, showing up to these games, um, people are going to, people are going to listen. You'd be surprised who takes notes of, uh, you know, just who's out there saying stuff. And so, I think uh, NWSL to Austin would be super cool, especially having Austin FC and just kind of seeing that, you know, support there. Uh, I think that only goes a long way to keep growing soccer cities because there's so many of them across the world. And it's like you have really like, Yeah. yeah, you have so many cool cities with lots of potential. So you just need the right people involved. And I think from there, you'll just see it grow. But it really comes down to having the right people. That's what I would say for sure.
2: Yeah, I would I would second that as well just cuz I know watching that uh Angel City doc um it's all about like kind of like the initial ownership group and I think here in Austin we're tr- we're trying to find that out. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but be yeah, it'd be curious to see how that goes. Um so my question is regarding like the off season kind of like you were saying, you know, it's like it never stops. There's almost like never no stopped. off season for, you know, content creators uh in this league and stuff like that. And um, my question is, obviously, it looks like 2024 is shaping up to be an amazing year for NWSL, uh, but is there something like, one, I guess we'll start with this, like, what are your favorite, like, off-season moves so far? Uh, and then the second question to that is, like, is there something that you predict might happen in 2024 that, like, folks will just absolutely not see coming? Um, Ooh, but yeah, we'll start with, okay. the like, the, the first... Um, The first part of that
3: great um yeah I think one of the biggest things that yeah I've just I mean I wrote about it so it's kind of like recent but just seeing Maria Sanchez becoming the highest paid Mm -hmm. NWSL player and no you know being Texas space yeah right there um that kind of just worked out but like when you think about the weight of that I mean she is 27 years old Mm. she's from Mexico, came from the Mexican leagues and she was over here crushing it, not just in goals and her performance, but then making this milestone. I mean, growing up, I didn't see young Hispanic female soccer players. I, there's still not a lot of like young Hispanic female journalists or people in the industry. So to see that representation one is so powerful, but two, just to see the dash really make that investment. And put mm-hmm. their money where their mouth is to have this star player. I mean, that's incredible because you see a lot of times in the offseason with trades and some very unexpected, like, player signings or whatever. So, just to see the way that she's like so committed to the dash and uh, just wants to, like, basically grow from there, I think is really exciting. So, that's a big headline that honestly, I was just like honored to write this. I was just like, Oh, like this is so cool to see that because of course you have your big name, you know, stars in the US national team or whatever, but to see, um, just a minority woman succeed and yeah, be successful in that way I think is definitely going to impact a lot of young people, both boys and girls. And so I hope that these young kids can can be inspired by that. Like it doesn't matter where you come from as long as you're willing to put in the work. Um, Honestly, sorry, I got so passionate about that. What was your second question?
2: No, you're good. You're good. So the, um, I mean, I I fully agree. Like, I'm all about Bumby as well. Uh, The second part of that question was, um, like, what prediction do you have in 2024? Like, what's something that you think, like, folks might not expect to happen uh, in the season? Like, do you think that we finally get the cameras uh, at all the games to cover the way it should be? Uh, Sometimes, you, you know, or like something like that, like a, a a surprise expansion team gets announced or something like that?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I mean, this year, this past year has gone by so fast in December, but uh, in general, I always forget that we're like in 2024 because we're like eight days in. But sure. I think something <laughs> that I would be surprised about is like just seeing, I mean, Bay FC, it sounds like, you know, they have a great roster, a great coach, so not putting them down in any way. But I think it would be, the kind of, like, surprise twist that would be really cool is to see, like, the Utah Royals, like, come back and crush it because Mm -hmm. they were in the league, you know, how this tragic, like, folding, right, sold to Kansas City. And so to see them return, I think, um I just forget, like, oh, yeah, they're back in the league. Like, they're not this new, fresh thing. Like, they've been here before. So it would be kind of cool just to see them, like really own that and not just return, but like return and like make this mark in NWso history. Mm-hmm. So I would be really intrigued by that. I mean, we're also an Olympic year as well. So just thinking like there's so many possibilities down the road of, of things that could happen. And I think that's where you get a lot of like craziness when you have, um, you know, just different moving pieces, uh, yeah. whether it's before that break or afterwards. So, um, yeah, I think my kind of like quote unquote bet would be the Utah Royals and hopefully their success. So we'll see. Um if it happens, you heard it here first. If it doesn't happen, then exactly. feel free to ignore it. Don't worry this about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Totally. Uh well well, shifting focus over to the women's national team a little bit. Um, so there's been lots of buzz around manager Emma Hayes coming over from Chelsea Women's and plenty of young talent looking to prove themselves this summer in the Olympics. Um, so how are you feeling about the future of the US women's national team now that we're a little bit removed from that um the elimination in the World Cup last summer and, and all this good news is coming out?
3: Oh man, that World Cup, that was rough. Um, but from that, make I think the it's subs, ex-
0: Blacko. Make
3: the
2: subs.
0: <laughs> did either of
3: you did any of you guys watch the uh under pressure documentary?
0: Yes. I haven't yet, okay. no.
3: You yeah. got to watch it. I, I don't to. know why, but episode three, I was so nervous about that Netherlands game. And I was like right behind the goal. So I'm like, why am I nervous? I know what happens. <laughs> but like yeah. Netflix did a really good job because I was like nervous. My parents were watching it with me. Of course, they're asking like all these questions. But For sure, right? I'm like, you guys, you don't understand. Like, this is crazy. There's a lot going That's on. was a chippy here.
2: game. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Wild. So like to go from that emotion of like anxiousness, like what's going to happen to like, okay, we have some answers and like some like yeah, realistic, like, opportunities to succeed in, like, the Olympics this year, um, I think that's exciting to really just see the growth of, like, the U.S. as a whole because you have so many, much like, younger players coming in, like Jaden Shaw, who's crushing it, Mia Fischl. Um, like, some of these players where you're, like, they're so good at the club level, of course, but I just hope that in this next year we really get to see them, like, gel more and spend more time just, yeah. like, getting into that rhythm ahead of time versus, like, learning on the spot or like kind of figuring out those situations as this past world cup was. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be like really cool just to see that growth continue to progress because with the Olympics, uh, last time being, you know, during a COVID year and that was really rough and then world cup year, uh, just being so tragic. I think it'd be yeah. nice to like have Emma Hayes come in and like really set the standard for what's ahead. Just because I felt like, you know, you saw that 2015, 2019 with Joe Ellis, but like since then, yeah. I mean, I feel like we've, you know, been struggling with our footing, so uh, hopefully that just turns things around. But I think having a a good coach like Emma Hayes is like uh, very much a step in the right direction. So they got that part done. Totally,
1: totally. absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean I might be a little biased, and I know Paul <laughs> might be a little biased, and Logan as well. But uh, I have full confidence that Emma Hayes is going to come in and get this team right. And yeah. it's, we're it's winning. Sad. We're winning it all. Yeah. <laughs> winning it all. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Again. Uh, yeah. But, But since starting uh, our podcast, uh, we've been enjoying learning how massive the uh, soccer scene is here in the USL. Uh, I want to ask you, what are your views on the lower division leagues, uh, such as USLS, USLW, NPSL, uh, which we have a team in, in Austin, uh, the Austin Rise, uh, and exactly how they fit in with the top flight of women's soccer here in the US?
3: Yeah, honestly, there's so much soccer happening at every level that I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that league existed, but like cool that it's there and the right. players are thriving. Um, but like, for example, seeing the development of like the USLW and there are so many teams there, Um, even like the WPSL as well. And just like mm-hmm. soccer is just all around the globe. And so I think that when you have these systems in place at the like lower division levels to like allow players to just get playing time and to just get experience like that's only going to help the overall growth and so you see you know even college players who are also playing in these different divisions because they just want more minutes and they probably have gotten feedback from coaches or teams or whatever of like here's what you need to work on so now they have these environments to do just that so I think it's really exciting just to see that however I know like there's been talks of like well how does the USLW like "Quote unquote, compete with the NW Cell and like vice versa, and so I think if we can just like look at it as we're all here to play the game, we're all here to grow it, for sure, and to like eventually just like do more. Then, um, yeah, there could be really cool collaborations. Or I know it's like slightly different, but seeing how some teams in the NW Cell will have um internet like different like friendlies with other, uh, you know." teams into other countries and whatnot in these friendly games. So just to see things like that, like with Tigres or whoever it is, um, just some more teams are out there and players are out there. Like obviously, yes, being mindful of like injuries and like prevention and stuff like that. But, um, I think just having these environments, like, you know, people talk about like investing in women's sports and it's the right thing to do, but it's like not just the right thing to do, but that's now, like a necessity to do and so when you see it at sure nwso level or a lower level um i think that just really goes a long way for the sport as a whole so yeah i think too it's like yeah you have to have more ways to like think about how can people watch these games or whatever and that's a whole nother aspect of like marketing but uh i just think it's exciting to see like we have more soccer um and it's like a good problem to have and so trying to figure out you know the balance of all that um i just feel like we're in the right place when it comes to just that exposure so it'll be cool just to see what happens from there
2: yeah for sure no i i can't agree more uh like i feel like this year in particular um i think especially on the women's side of things I feel like the growth and like the momentum is a lot better than it is like an MLS for whatever reason. Uh, And I think a large part of that has to do with the way that like we're starting to see stories develop uh, and like the content that's like showing and showcasing these stories. Um, You know, like for instance, I mentioned earlier, my my wife and I, we watched that angel series, uh, angel city series on uh, HBO max and it was just like, Holy cow! Like I yeah. like you know we were Dash fans, but now we're like over here are crying you Angel about City
3: fans. Or are you still Dash? Well, no, we're definitely thoughts? Dash. Okay.
2: Dash, the fuck <laughs> on, you know. But yeah. like, uh, I think I think it's uh, it's it's Angel City right there uh, next to them. But all that to say is like it's it's all about storytelling, right? And I think you're doing an awesome job with like uh, women kick balls and and like highlighting these things and and like just helping grow the sport in that way. My question is is like who are some of the creators? Uh, what is some of the content that you're consuming and that you feel like you could share with like other folks that are, are maybe just getting started, uh, to like learn about the leagues and stuff like that. Uh, specifically with women's soccer in mind, um, you know, what are, what's some of that content that you're consuming? Um, you know, for, for those stories to follow.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, with social media, it's crazy. You can, can find the randomest people or whatever. Um, and I think that's how you said you found me. Which I'm like, that's how social media works. Which is so <laughs> right. cool. Totally. Um, and
0: TikTok. like,
3: yeah, there you go. Wait, uh, is it really on TikTok? Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I just yeah. Post random stuff on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> my dad got a TikTok account just so he can watch my videos. Um, oh, that's
0: so sweet. Shout out, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's Twitter. Support. Yeah,
3: so he's like all about it. It's so funny. But that's awesome. Um, yeah, I would say like some of the content that I consume, like I just think about. Uh, I mean, well, first off, this. In general like the nw social media has stepped up their game so much like back yes, in the day their website sure. was barely even functioning so the fact that there is social media person who is making graphics and like posting quality stuff i'm like okay great so hopefully teams take note of that um some teams have questionable graphics but it's fine um right. so i think like looking at the quality of stuff you're like okay this is growing. but in terms of like very specific people um, a friend of mine, her name's uh, Megan Reyes, and so she's a freelance content creator, and she just does a lot of stuff from, like, within women's soccer and outside of it as well, but just seeing her, her stuff um, and knowing her personally, it's, like, really cool to see someone who um, is, like, working with big name brands and, like, bringing their exposure into the game, which is what you need. And so, um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate her video content and her career advice, I think. You know, whenever we are able to like share that information um, of just career development or growth in a way that's like, you know, obviously I'm not spending like a whole hour long conver or two hour long conversation with someone of like, <laughs> here's how to get in women's soccer because I can't do that all the time. Although I do, right? Love to. Right. Um, Like, just seeing the information that she puts out there in a way that's very, like, approachable and digestible, so I appreciate that. Um, In general, there's an account called Women in Soccer, and it's actually a network um, of both women and men who are allies as well, and there's so many just, like, really cool connections that come from it because – it's, it's like one of those Slack channels that everyone probably has for like that random thing, but sure. um, it's a Slack channel. It's this community that post jobs. And so I'm always inspired by seeing how um, an organization like that finds ways to really uplift things, whether it's that job board or like connecting with this person. And so, um, yeah, as someone who creates content, like I look at things like that, that get me excited about the game. Right. And just try to incorporate that where I can. And um, yeah, even outside of it, it's like not even related to soccer. But I always talk about this writer. His name is Austin Kleon, and he is a creative writer. So he has a few books and they're really short reads, which I like. But one of them is called Steal Like an Artist. And he talks yeah, that's about right. how, have you read it? It's yeah, so I, have, good.
0: I have a couple of those books. There's Steal Like an Artist and there's another one. That's... Yeah,
3: keep going uh, and show your work, I think.
0: Yeah, I show your work. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah the I the have one... those two. Yep.
3: Yeah. Super good books. And I mean, you can just read it and you're like, whoa, I feel like I can do anything. But they are just things that really allow you to kind of like get out of your own head. I know as someone who creates stuff, I'm always like, I don't know if this can be good enough or whatever. But um, yeah,
2: that imposter syndrome, right?
3: Totally. And his books are applicable to like anyone, any industry, but he really talks about like, look at the things that inspire you or get you excited and just find a way to like make that into your own thing. Like that's really what happened with the magazines. I was not planning on making magazines. It just happened one day. I was like being a sad girl and was like, wait, I actually really like making magazines. I should do this about soccer. And it worked. That's awesome. Like just finding those things that can inspire you. And I feel like creativity is everywhere. So the like pro and con of social media is like, yeah, you can find creative stuff, but you can also get burnt out by just scrolling on social media. So, um, you know, just finding those that kind of like in between. Um, But I think it all starts with just like either putting yourself out there or just like consuming things that you enjoy and the rest will kind of come naturally. So, yeah, yeah, those are just a few thoughts at least I have on like the content side of things.
0: For sure. And, and I think all of us can agree that you're doing a great job with that. And, and you yourself are serving as like an inspiration for generations of not only soccer fans, but soccer journalists, media people, aspiring, um, creatives who, who love the sport. So, um, we, yeah,
3: thank you. Of Appreciate course, yeah,
0: we're so, uh, grateful to have you on, on the podcast today. Uh, well, to close out the interview section, I want to ask one, one more thing and it's, yeah. um, what should our listeners look out for from you and women kickballs in 2024?
3: Yeah. So I actually I was gonna say every year I literally just started this last year, but um <laughs> two years in a row now. So hey, that's how it yeah. starts. Exactly. So, right? it starts. so last year I actually created this like free um guide on how to like learn about the Um, I should probably find a name for what that guide even is. But yeah, it's a guide on like, here's how to keep up to date with the um, this season. And so it'll be like a free PDF guide. And so it'll be on my website. I think right now I have last year's guide on there, but it's like just a short digestible breakdown of like coaches, players to look out for. Here's this outline of a schedule, key dates. Here's how to watch it because nowadays you're like, what platform, where is this going on? yeah, Paramount Plus RIP, I'm canceling my subscription, you know, right. like, <laughs>
0: <For real? Yeah.
3: laughs> I had to put a reminder on my phone because I'm trying to get that year's worth, but like all these things. So <laughs> it's kind of just like a breakdown for like someone who maybe either like knows nothing or is like, oh yeah, I know stuff, but I just kind of forgot, which is totally me. Totally. Um, so it's just this like relatable guide. So that's something that people can be on the lookout for. It's free. Um, it's something, yeah, that I just felt like I needed to put out because, I get asked so many times, like, what is the NWSL? Like, what does that mean? And so just to have a way to explain it and give practical tools, I think is the way to go. So, yeah, that'll be coming out um, in the off season, I guess in a few months, um, right before the season starts. So, um, yeah, and with this kind of having like a new format this season for the league, uh, I wanted to outline some key stuff in there. So, yeah, it'll have all you need to know. So be on the lookout for that. Um, And my email subscriber like lists are – you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to that like immediately. So, awesome. um, that's where people can find some stuff too.
0: Where, uh, where can people find the newsletter?
3: Yeah. So, if you just sign up at womankickballs.com, I saw that, uh, Lojo signed up. So, or no, was it the other uh, That Logan? might have been me
0: just now, okay. right before this. Yeah. Actually,
3: yeah. I think he was. But like, I think yeah.
0: he already is. That's yeah. okay. I
3: was like, I saw Logan something in my yeah. inbox. Yeah, that was um, definitely Lojo. He's, I mean, he's okay. the one that
2: put us on. So, yeah. That's cool. Out. I
3: love it. Yeah. So, when people subscribe, you just get, um, article updates to like or sorry, you get email updates to the articles that I write. So you're the first to know. But um I'm just I love meeting people so I actually personally will handwrite a note to you and send you a free sticker and a trading card if i have them so uh, that's just something that i enjoy doing and it's so fun like getting to meet people and they're like hey i have your note on my fridge and i'm like oh my gosh that's crazy i'm like my handwriting is probably terrible but i love that you have (laughs) it on your fridge you know so yeah yeah uh, it's just so cool to like use that in a way to connect with people so totally yeah and then all socials are just at woman kickball so it's a name that uh definitely get some head turns when you're like totally it's memorable i love it
0: (laughs) yeah thanks. yeah it's fun it's fun yeah
3: i actually had uh my brother it was my brother my dad and my uncle when i was coming up with the name Mm -hmm. and um we were all at a table and i said the name woman kick balls and they all just laughed and then i was explaining it to them and they were like oh that's actually really cool yeah and i was like so you guys approve you agree like are we good here Uh, because you're like the three most important men in my life and they were like no that's that's cool so yeah, I, I was like, you know what? If I can get past them, then it's totally fine. But totally, yeah. What a name!
0: Yeah, it's memorable for sure. It's a, it's a great name. Thanks. Uh, well, again, thank you, Jackie, for joining us for this interview. Yes, thank you. Um, but we want to keep you around for stoppage time. So if you're ready, okay, we're just going to jump it. straight into it. It's four four okay. news points of news, and and then we and then we're done. So
3: okay, to and start. I just share like what a one sentence thing.
0: Just just a Whatever. quick quick just little vibe off, you know, yeah. like.
3: Okay. off the dome
0: i'll hand the first one to paul just to get his vibe yeah, and then yeah, i'll go to you see just so you can okay. see perfect. perfect okay so sam kerr of chelsea women's is out with a season-ending acl injury uh during their training camp in morocco paul so what are your thoughts?
2: so yeah this is how like you make me cry now like we're just going to start off by making me cry uh in stoppage time that's great uh no this is terrible news uh big sad because obviously with emma hayes um uh, her last year at Chelsea wanting to try and get that that Champions League it's yeah. like without your star striker like how are we going to do this but you know like we've got other weapons out there um at For Chelsea sure.
1: so no For worries
0: sure. lojo well, what are your thoughts
1: yeah uh, i was trying to find a silver lining in this somehow but losing probably the best striker in the game there is none um yeah i'm very happy i did get to see sam Kerr play in person that's right uh, yeah we, we did nice yeah, um just because you know, at this point, with with Emma Hayes leaving, uh, is she gonna stick around?
0: We I don't right. know. You know. Yeah. It's Sam. Is Sam gonna stick around? Right. Yeah. Right.
1: So you know, it, it it is tough to go out this way, especially for Emma Hayes. But I think there's still hope.
0: Yeah, Jackie. Any other thoughts?
3: Well, first off, I didn't know this happened because I've been under a rock for the past like a week with work <laughs> yeah. stuff, with some client stuff. Um. So it's so sad. Um. Yeah. Honestly, too. Like. Thinking, I mean, this is kind of selfish, but I want Sam Kerr to come back to the end of his cell. So, right, like, devastated, but also like, what's next? You know, like, who knows yeah. what will happen? Will yeah. she stay over there? Come back? Um, Christy
2: literally just moved there, though. Like, I Christy's the only hope.
3: That <laughs> <No>. too, yeah. <laughs> Both of them need to come back, but right. Yeah, I mean, injuries are always tough. It's always just totally. like, oh, tough. So, hopefully, she yeah. recovers well and quickly. That's the best thing you can hope for now, at least. Fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed. And yep. WS are making adjustments to lead guidelines. Um, some of those are roster transaction rules, salary cap, et cetera, um, ahead of the 2024 season. Jackie, I'm gonna start with you. What are your thoughts to these changes?
3: Oh, man, these changes. I was like, we need to get rid of a lot of things. So good that we're starting with like five things. But eventually that salary cap, I think needs to go. Um, allocation money is going to be going away soon. And I feel like half of the time people don't know what it is. So right. I'm like, okay, we're on to something here. But I think change is is good. Um, So I was reading those the other day. I was just like, wow, let's go. Yeah. Totally. You feel the same? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. Lojo, Love Love what can you say about allocation money? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I, I, my comment was going to be, there's so many parallels because in the MLS, yeah. we have allocation money targeted. It's alphabet of soup, man. Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah, it doesn't and feel it, real. No, it, it's not. We call it Garber Bucks and right. it's just fake monopoly money and it is the most Frustrating thing, especially when you're trying to grow a league. Like, let's let's just try to be as normal as possible, please. Yeah, um, that's so, relatable. <laughs> yes, so
0: hopefully, you know, these are good steps. Totally, Paul. Anything else to add?
2: No, I think I think it's all. It's a little bit cumbersome right now. It feels like, but I think all of it is kind of set in or set in motion for like what's to come. um because you know it's it's only going to get bigger and i think we're starting to see a point now in the nwsl where it's really kind of taking off uh like um what do you call it critical mass where it's just like okay we were worried about it sustaining for three years four years i mean it's going on uh how many years now at this point like It's just over 10 years now. It's just like, um, it keeps going. And so that's, that's the direction that we want to want to take it. So like, I think it's, it's a good thing.
0: Totally. Totally. I hope MLS takes some notes, uh, but only after Austin gets to spend all their allocation money, um, (laughs) next, uh, 2024 NWSL draft is happening Friday, January 12th. That's this Friday, um, Anaheim, California, Jackie, I'll start with you. Are there any players or any teams we should look out for to make a big splash, uh, in this draft?
3: Ooh um actually newsflash i have not been keeping up with the list of who is even eligible um but I <laughs> it's think, a big one yeah it's long i was like scrolling yeah. i was like is this thing gonna end but um you know i don't know i'm curious to see of course like the royals and bay fc so yeah. who knows i feel like the draft last year i went it was wild this year i'll be there and i'm like Oh, what is happening? Like so much happens yeah. and you're like, am I in a movie or something? So hopefully right. it's not like too crazy or like changes where you're like, well, why did that happen or what just happened? Um, But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like teams are going to be making moves like with especially with allocation money, like fading yeah. away soon. I feel like people are just going to come out the gate blazing hot. Swinging, so.
2: trading, all that stuff. Yeah, just
3: going to yeah. go hardcore. So who knows? It's year 12. Anything can happen at this point. Um, But yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, looking at the draft order, I think of the 56 picks available, I think Utah and Bay Bay FC combined for like 25% of those, like 14 of the 56 picks. Yeah. So Utah has nine picks across four rounds. It's crazy. Paul, what else do you have to add? Yeah. I mean, just to echo that, it
2: like be ready for craziness to happen. I know it should be on live, right? Like, I think Ion is is streaming it Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So um it would be cool i was gonna ask if you were gonna be there jackie i know because like with it in anaheim it's like it's not terribly far but i mean that sounds that sounds cool like if if there was something like that in austin i was i'm
0: like i'm there (laughs) for sure totally all right and then to wrap this up uh gotham fc announced last week uh the signing of emily sonnet and rose lavelle via free agency adding to the list of crystal dunn and tierna davidson signed just days earlier um, uh, Jackie, what are your thoughts on Gotham FC's, uh, signing b- extravaganza?
3: They are making moves. I was like, yo, you guys already got a, you know, championship. What else is going to happen? I guess going two for two. But I was like, who else is in advanced talks with Gotham? Because like, right. you know, everyone's in advanced talks. It just sounds like the thing to say. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I'm intrigued <laughs> to see if they like do make moves in the draft or how that plays out now that you have big name, like bigger name players to like, totally. Have on your roster, so I don't know, but I'm just like overall, I think like good job for Gotham. They were they were going through it these past few years, so to see yeah. the turnaround like obviously speaks volumes. Yeah. But yeah, the play and just the entire aspect of the championship like so cool that they got to win it. So sure. um yeah, we'll see. We'll see what else they got because I'm like y'all are already doing some major They're things. So, get richer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like New Year, like better Gotham is the phrase yeah. I guess. So yeah. we'll see what they do. <laughs>
0: does this give you hints of like a uh, inter miami or lafc what they're trying to do as well yeah exactly i was about
1: to say you know it, it's good to see someone with a little bit of
0: ambition and going for the repeat uh instead of saying
1: all right we got our championship you know we're good let's focus yeah. on restructuring that's, maybe we'll get back that's. there in a couple of years but you know i it's not even a reload this is a full-on you know upgrade of your arsenal.
0: It's, yeah. it's awesome. Totally. Totally. And
1: plus, you know, I got a soft spot for Gotham see That that name just goes
0: so hard. It does. It does. The marketing team really oh, went off on that one.
1: The did. colorway,
2: the logo, yeah. everything. I'm just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. And still, still honoring that old sky blue, but like. Let's be real. Sky Blue is not 0. the name. Gotham right. is definitely the name. Right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, I think I'm in favor of calling it U.S. Women's National Team and friends. I think I saw <laughs> that tweet uh, rolling around, that's but good. You know, that's just me. Uh, but yeah. no, I like Lojo said. I think it's cool to see a team with ambition, um, and and hopefully they keep going for it. I think other teams are going to be out there trying to vie for you know relevancy, but but yeah, man, they've definitely got it.
0: Definitely. Definitely. All right, y'all. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, Jackie, remind our listeners where they can find you on social media, your website, your newsletter, and everything WKB.
3: Yeah, so everything, all things Woman Cake Balls is literally just at Woman kickballs Balls on social, so that way it's as simple as possible. Um, sure. uh, and then, nice. yeah, for to so subscribe to the newsletter, you can get a free sticker, free note, all that good stuff by just going to womancakeballs.com. So, yeah, that's where all the things are at, and you'll get added to the list. Um, I don't do spam or sell your information or anything weird, so sure. just know it's like Legit. Um and yeah, I'm hoping to reach 5,000 email subscribers. I hadn't even done like a count really of what's the latest email subscriber count, but we're sure. over three thousand. So that's really hey, cool. There you uh, go. So people want to join, yeah, support independent journalism, all that good stuff. And you get free news every week. So that's where all the things are at.
0: Yeah. You got three subscribers right here. Um also two but- for all, all of our listeners. If you go to the Women Kickballs uh, shop through the website, uh both volume one and volume two of the Women Kickballs magazine are up there for for sale. Uh, I think all three of us either have purchased it or are going to. Um, so make it. sure you support uh, Jackie here because Jackie's doing great work. Um, Thanks. But yeah, we appreciate y'all kicking it with us on this episode of the dependent Podcast. I've been Logan. Catch me on Twitter at lowbarvhlm. I'm
1: Logan Jones. You can find me at the Lolo Jones.
0: And I'm Paul, and you can catch me at Paul Andrew FC. And make sure to keep the chatter going online by following at the on Twitter. And again, Jackie, thank you so much. Everybody, check out Women yes. Kickballs, and and we hope to to talk to you again in the future.
3: Yeah, likewise.
0: Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me? Oh, my
3: God.